to another episode of the Justin Insight podcast. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, for those who do not know, my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of music, film and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, I uh, just wanted to give a massive shout out to everyone who gave feedback on the Rope episode. I uh, had quite a few people tell me that they hadn't actually heard of the band beforehand um, and have now gone and checked them out and hoping they've become fans because those guys are awesome so and obviously that's the reason i do this this podcast is to to get people's names out there a bit more um and also gives me a chance to learn a little bit more about some of the bands i'm speaking to which is always great as always uh just give you a brief rundown of my week that has passed um and as always i've been burning the candle at both ends uh once again i went to brighton this time i went and saw uh esben and the witch uh who were absolutely awesome absolutely killed it in a packed out hope and ruin in brighton uh they were also kind enough to record an episode of of this podcast so that'll be coming up soon so keep an eye out for that there will also be a review of that show which will be up on alreadyheard.com in the near future um then i also got to do a super cool interview with someone who unfortunately i can't say who it is just yet because uh, it'll be appearing uh, alongside a, an article on alreadyheard.com as well um so please keep an eye out for that when that goes out but when it comes live it'll be very clear who it is uh and why i was so excited and i'll explain why i was ex- so excited at the time another standard thing that's becoming quite apparent in my weeks is going to wrestling shows uh i went to see the uh rev pro show in portsmouth uh, this past week, uh, which was main evented by Pete Dunne and Pentagon Jr., which for me is like a wrestling wet dream because they're two of my favourites at the moment. Um, there's a gif of, of Dunne delivering a, uh, a destroyer on the Luchador, which is doing the rounds on t- on Twitter. So um, yeah, if, see that out, have a little look if you're into wrestling because it is an absolute thing of beauty. And finally, uh, my band The Divorcee played our first show of 2017 on Saturday. We played uh, Mozart's in Swansea which was really cool, sweet little venue. Um, and yeah, it was just really cool to, to get back out and doing shows again. And we're hoping to kind of be a lot busier this year, looking to, to write an album as well. So if you're that way inclined, check us out. Uh, we're called The Divorcee. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on all platforms. So yeah, have a little look. Uh, that's enough of me babbling on for this week. Uh, so on to my guest. Uh, this week's going to be a little bit different, um, as I spoke to the head honcho of Ritual Festival, Dan Vaughan. Um, as a former promoter myself, it was pretty cool to have a little chat with Dan, um, see how he kind of started up the festival and how it's kind of grown in, in just two years, really, to the point that he's got bands like All Pigs Must Die, uh, Canvas doing their reunion, uh, Afternoon Gentlemen and uh, Ishin are playing a UK exclusive by headlining the, the, the whole day festival. So yeah, uh, if you're in the Leeds area or even if you're commuting, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. The lineup looks absolutely killer. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy my little chat with Dan, um, and I will see you on the other side. Joining me today on the Justin Insight podcast is Ritual Festival head honcho Dan Vaughan. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. But busy day for yourself? Uh, lots and lots of emails and trying to get open, reorganised from Dreadfest and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> I was, was going to say, in general, kind of how are things shaping up with with Ritual Festival? Uh, we're all announced. Uh, we're just 
I had misery next announced at all properly yesterday. I think everyone's sort, sort of, uh, they know it's, it's sort of two months away now, so we need to get started going. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, so just with these podcasts, I like to kind of take everyone kind of back to how they kind of got started in things. And obviously, generally, generally I've been speaking to bands, but obviously you're a, a promoter, so it's a little bit different. So speak, tell me how you kind of, got involved in kind of putting on shows and, and what, what was the first show that you ever yeah. put on? Uh, so I started basically working with, with other people um, at festivals and putting on, putting on their own shows and working the doors and just sort of basically working my way up to understand all, all aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to where I was like, well, I want to put my own shows on. And well, there was one point I was waiting for like an official route in and sort of how you should do it. And then I yeah. realised there isn't. You should just get on with <laughs> yeah. it and go for it. Um, so I think I basically just used all my student loan and went, right, let's just do ritual. Oh, okay. So my first show was actually the ritual pre-show. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so the so the, the first ritual pre-show was the very first show you booked? Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. So yeah. was that quite, because if I give you a little bit of insight to, to myself, because I used to do kind of small DIY shows here in Portsmouth um, yeah. with a view to kind of maybe do something bigger, but it never ended up panning out. So, for you to kind of jump straight in at the deep end, was it quite daunting, or but, or because you'd had that experience, kind of, almost kind of working the ropes, did it kind of give you the confidence to do it? Um, I sort of was. I started off with basically no one's going to show me how to do it. There's no sort of proper way into it. So I thought, well, I'll start at the level I want to start. Yeah. So I just started off booking some bands and then booking, well, basically from booking Conan and The Full of Hell. I think Foy Watt's son, other bands took us more seriously yeah. than other agents to actually book it. So even a, even this year's lineup, I had to sort of book Isan and then book some other band before All Pigs and Anam actually took us seriously. Yeah, And I think the same the years after, we, we, have, we have to kind of earn, earn our way in doing these, in these like booking certain bands and booking shows to, to get to it. Mm. But I still do like the DIY shows now. If you see like the stuff I do in Leeds, I, I dread fest. Like, at least half that lineup, or more than half that lineup, is either friends bands or probably DIY or grindy doom bands that yeah, we all know yeah. or been for a while. So it's like I still do do the smaller shows, but my real passion is for the big ones and big festivals, really. Mm. And as you say, it's kind of getting that almost kind of credibility. But for, I think because before, obviously. Like this year, I, I, maybe not many people kind of heard of of, of ritual, and obviously, I, is this the second year now that you've been doing it? Yeah, we're second year now, yeah. Um, and I, I feel like there's kind of a bit more of a presence for yourself, like just just social media and like bands, obviously pimping out the festival itself as well. So, have you kind of made a conscious effort to to make yourself a bit more visible this year? Uh, I've literally learned on 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 the job as it as it being. I got told a couple of things about social media and little stuff from people that uh, to do festivals and stuff. I mm. tried to take on board what they were telling me. But there was at one point I was literally doing like one post a week, and with the naivety that my lineup was good and people should come. Yeah. But if people don't know about the lineup, they're not going to come. So you need to literally just get it out there all the time, and mm. then eventually people will start coming. And taught me how how as you said, you kind of had to get ish, and and then obviously. All Peace Must Die kind of fell into place. So talk me through the process of kind of the bands that you want to, to get involved and is it just a matter of timing or to, just talk me through your process of how everything kind of fell into place. Uh, a lot of it's through timing. So I've been, been the past like week or week or so just gone 
obviously we're doing Dreadfest, but I've also been sending out offers to agents for band for 2018. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is we're not ready yet or we're not even thinking that far ahead yet. Or yeah. some of them are like, no, we're not, we're not doing anything for 2018. So it's a case of a bit of it's timing um, and a bit of it's just kind of getting basically the right amount, right amount of money for when they want to come over, really. So if the band's doing an album or they've got a tour planned and we're the one stop off that they want to do, then it's ideal. Yeah. Um, and then obviously getting good, good relationships with bands and their agents as well, which really helps. And is that kind of how the whole Ishin thing kind of came about, was just building a relationship? Because obviously it's it's a big name to have, and especially like that's the only UK show they're doing. It's, it's obviously... Yeah. A kudos that to yourself, was, sort of thing. Was the, the was one of the easiest bookings. Oh really? The <laughs> yeah, I literally got the email address, sent the offer over, backwards and forwards a couple of times, and then it was done. I was literally on the coach on the way down to Bloodstock, and I got the confirmation of yeah, we're good to go. That's and incredible. So, with because obviously, did you kind of put it to them that? you wanted this to be a UK exclusive or did they suggest that? No, I said I wanted it because I thought, well, he, he's good, he's amazing, he's amazing in what he does, but it's, it's like the progressive and the weird side of stuff is it's, there's not that much demand for it. Yeah. So I didn't see a point in doing a tour, really. Like, he could do well, but what's, what's the point in him doing three or four good shows where he could just do one really good one and mm. really enjoy it? Obviously, you've got like bands like Pigs, All Pigs Must Die, and things like that. But you've also kind of got the the UK element, like with bands like Bosk, uh, Kundra, and things like that. But also, the the other kind of uh, marquee name, if you if you like, is kind of obviously the reunion of, of Canvas. So, so again, was that something that you put to them, or had they already kind of spoke about doing a reunion, and then things just fell into place? I think I just got lucky with that time. Um, <laughs> I got sent. Uh, we Plaguey and, and I listened to it and I was like I really like this can, can I message them got to send the email, the email address message them and like so, so, so when I booked it I, was, I wasn't thinking because I'm too young to know obviously the hype back in the hardcore scene back then Yeah. so when it came around that I announced it th- there was more hype for all Pigs Must Die than there was Canvas and I was like what's going on yeah. it was really really weird to me um, but it's been but obviously now I've talked to a lot of people and I'm saying been showing some tickets and some posters back from the day and some proper old school hardcore that have like, told me like, how amazing it is. It's really dawned on me that that is a really, really lucky booking and like, I didn't know I'd get that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and because weirdly, sort of in the, especially in the last kind of maybe two years, Leeds has kind of developed this kind of really sort of gritty, sort of grindcore, doomy metal scene. It might just be, again, because I see more of it in social media because I'm, I'm, from as I say, I'm from Portsmouth, so I'm down on the south. But has it has it just been a growing scene, or has it always kind of been there in Leeds? Uh, I've literally been in Leeds. When, when I moved to Leeds, um, 
Not even two years. So oh, okay. From, from what I've seen, it's been really, it's, it's grown from the two years I've been here. Mm. But from what I've heard from people, it, it, it sort of ebbs and flows at times in Leeds. Sometimes you'll get like a really good period. But it seems at the moment, this past two years, it's, really been, it's, been, it's getting getting better. So I think with the, with the addition of sort of Temple of Boom itself getting better, and then Brew now booking some really, really good shows like Weedy and Melvin's, I think it's now established itself as that special, unique place um, within the UK. Mm. It's just it's doing really, really well compared to the other cities, really. Um, and obviously, with the kind of music that you've booked, obviously, it's, it's leaning towards kind of like the heavier, the doomier side of of things. And I, I guess the kind of comparison that people will make is obviously with Temples Festival, that obviously is now well currently defunct. But did did you, did you kind of see that once Temples had kind of decided to stop it, that that, that there was a gap in the market that you wanted to fill? It, it it made my booking a little bit easier. Obviously, <laughs> with North of the Wall and Damnation and like Roburn and Death Fest and sort of stuff, I was sort of pinned into, I can't book, book this band because someone's had it a year before. I can't book this band because someone else has had it. But now that one's sort of gone, I've now only left a couple of festivals that I can't, I don't really want to book the band. So say if like, someone's like, Tech Fest have got aborted this year, which means I'm not going to book them for 2018 because it's like, what, what's the point? So they're yeah, already, already here. So you know, it's freed up that sort of the area now that I'm not limited in who I can book, which could have we could have damaged the festival in a way. Yeah. If they were forcing me to book ones that haven't been in the UK because they don't want them, uh, it could have damaged me. But now it's gone. It's it's freed me up to have some more interesting lineups. Yeah. So I'm not, not a carbon copy, but it's made it a lot easier for me to book a lot of the bands that they would have had eventually mm. and some of the bands they have had. And kind of on that note, had you kind of not obviously taken ideas from Temples, but because, as I say, they were sort of the the UK festival that did the heavier thing. So do you think that now that they've kind of gone, that you have kind of people are now looking to your festival to as a as a kind of a replacement almost? Yeah, I think a couple of people have, have talked about it in a couple of comments every every now. I think I had a comment a couple of weeks ago on one of the posts was, is this anything to do with Temples? So it obviously has got like strong ties to people in, in a certain way, mm. uh, and it has. I think maybe it's, it looks like it is a replacement. And if some people, if they're, if they're happy for them to go, oh, this is now. I used to go to Temples for two years. Now I go to Richard instead. That's great for me. Yeah, but I really want to be tired with the same brush. I was nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get I don't it. really want that negative to it. And is there any kind of particular reason that you wanted to? To explore kind of like the the heavier side of things, is it just that you're that's the kind of music that you're you're particularly into, or that that the bands that you've brought over are the bands that you want to see? Is it is it a combination of the two? Yeah, it's mainly a combination of two, but part of the one as well is really that with, with metal fans, it's as I explained to one of my friends the other day. But if you look on social media and look at on like whoever's in like Lady Gaga or whoever's in on Facebook, they've got so many millions of likes, but what like percentage of those are actual like genuine fans? Yeah. But then look at, like say, Conan and bands like that who've got 50,000 likes on Facebook, but what percentage of those are actually genuine genuine fans? And I'd say a higher percentage. A higher percentage of those fans will come to the shows. Mm. So you know that when you build a festival and you build a good lineup and it gets established and it gets to the point where it's a brand and people just go, oh, I'm going to Ritual or I'm going to Buzzstock or I'm going to Damnation. It's an established brand and if you make a good solid lineup and it's created well then they'll just come and you pretty much cut them on board as part of a family in a way that will just keep as long as you keep doing your job 
they'll keep coming, which is the one of the benefits of the reason why I want to do it. Yeah, is that once it's established and people are happy, it'll grow. They're right, they're right, they're right, they're right, they're right and people will just keep going. And again, this is something that kind of fits in with the kind of, I guess, the fan base really is that you've got bands like All Pigs Must Die who kind of have that kind of. They appeal to the metal fans, but they also appear to appeal to like the hardcore fans. And then obviously you've got, as we mentioned earlier, like Canvas, who are kind of a bit of a nostalgia thing. But there's there's still people that will remember them and think, "Wow, I want to go see them." But they're co- they're different musically. So did you make a, a conscious choice that you wanted, even though it's heavier music, like mixed genres within that subgenre kind of thing? There, there is an overlying vague master plan. It's not very thought out, but it's, it's, it's a bit vague. It's, it's, I'm trying to... Uh, so the first year, there was a lot of sort of techie deathcore with some, some lots lots of doom in it. And this year's got a bit of hardcore, industrial. It's, it's bringing different elements. And then maybe the year after that, I'm going to be going to add some more, some more made black metal and some more noisy, horrible stuff. Okay. And then, because then eventually, by, by the time we get to sort of five, six year the longer mark, everyone will have understood that, oh, you can, there's literally all of these genres are in Ritual. You don't know what you'll get, but it's one of it'll be, it'll be something from nearly all of them mm. every single time. That's what I was so Because if I went and just did one year and it was just fully doomed, next year was fully fully death metal, people wouldn't understand it. They'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going to this year. You've got to diversify it. So it's, it's something there for everyone. And kind of looking forward, what have you kind of got got a master plan like because are you happy with it just being the one day or are you looking to expand it to maybe a weekend or or, or anything like that at all ideally i want to do do a weekend um it's just whether or not this year this year goes well enough for us yeah. to expand to two days if not we'll keep it one anymore because we're kind of going to grow with how, how how people let us grow yeah um i do want it to do sort of a whole weekend Maybe more venue like Roburn, or maybe one big massive venue like uh, Pitchfork, something, something like I don't know. It's just going to progress how it, how it goes. Obviously, I want to get really, really big because the bigger I can get, the bigger bands I can get, yeah. which is kind of the end game. Really. <laughs> yeah, and kind of on that because some like some at festivals, obviously they do kind of expand and go for the weekends, sort of thing. But I don't want this to kind of sound as a, a criticism, but with with it being a, a just a day festival at the moment, do you think that kind of works within your limitations and you're kind of comfortable with how it is at the moment? I've got a mass thing for all days. That's why I started off with as a pretty much a one day all day. Yeah. Because you go in, you go balls to the wall, you have a good laugh, you get out of the hammer, you enjoy the bands, and then you go home and done. Um, it's just the fact that the reason why I want to go sort of to two, three day it is so I can put the bigger bands because you can't can't money wise do it on just one day. You can you can only get X amount of people through the door. Whereas if you do the weekends, it's you're gonna get basically more money so I can put more bands, and that's literally what it's for. Mm. Which I don't know, it's not I'm not ideal, but if I could do if I could do what HRH did and did like one day, if I could do one day every month and uh, of the whole year and do it that way, I, I would would love to, but I can't guarantee people would come. Yeah, of so course. Rather, you know, do a big punt on one. Um, and maybe some more. It, it depends on how, how good we get down the line. <laughs> you know, that's fair enough. Um, and as you say, kind of depending on how things expand, kind of always depends on who who you can bring in and whatnot. But hypothetically, if money wasn't an option and you could book, like t- timings all fell into place, who would be your your dream headliners? 
Emperor, Macedon, um, probably like Gojira, Devin, um, well, between the bone and that kind of weird le- level. Um, there is there's a massive wish list. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. <huge>. Um, <laughs> See, now so I've yeah, got... I just want to do it long enough so I can get all those bands, really. I've got this image now that you've kind of got this list on your wall and you're just ticking the bands off as they go. I've got a massive list on there. Oh, I've got about a million lists on my laptop. I'll <laughs> stick them off and just want to see and them again, so there's no point. Yeah. Just have a little there. Uh, each one. And kind of, as I said, like I used to do shows here in Portsmouth. So kind of the from the selfish point of view, a lot of it was I wanted to put the bands that I wanted to see. Um, for yourself, obviously, uh, you, it probably is bands that you want to see, but do you have to kind of also think of your audience and kind of think well i may not be the biggest band uh, fan of x band but i know other people are so you've kind of got to make that compromise because you know people will want to see them um i don't know in leeds it's, it's different because the the shows i want to put on will do well at temple boom and if i haven't booked it someone else would have already booked it yeah and it's the same if it's a bigger band that's like a death metal or um, a hardcore band, it'll be in Manchester, so someone would have, would have booked it. So I pretty, pretty much, as long as I get the offer in early enough, I'll get the bands I want to get, and then someone else will generally book book it. So it's not like I, I, I haven't really got a loyalty to, to the Leeds fan base because someone will always put them on. Yeah. Like I, I pretty much put the bands on that I want to put on. I do sometimes get a bit T-boned by bands going, oh, we're on tour, really, really need a show. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be out. And then just because I'm willing to help people out, it does screw me over money-wise sometimes. But at the end of the day, it's, it's putting a show on, and I love doing it, so I would, don't really mind. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and kind of to, to round everything off, obviously you said you kind of, you still do like the, the, the smaller DIY kind of shows as well as, as Ritual. So kind of off the, the dream booking sort of scenario, um, as I say, I'm, I'm from down on here on the south side, there's we don't necessarily hear all the bands that are further north in the country. So are there any kind of particular sort of, not necessarily Leeds based, but bands that you're familiar with that are, are kind of breaking through in the British scene that, that you, you'd give a shout out to, or could you'd potentially like to see on one of your smaller shows or one of the ritual festivals later on down the line? I mean, it's a big shout out to all the bands that ever played, ever played for me. And like some of my favorites are, I'd say like Groke, Shrikel, there's Chin Sniffer, Famine, Boke, and the Swarm, Abyssarat. There's, there's all these bands that have had all my shows and have had them on shows for a reason. Yeah. I really like them. Um, it, the DIY side of North is, is so good. Like, Leeds is really, really good. Yeah. Um, look, it's just, I love putting on gigs. I love going to gigs. That's why DIY, DIY gigs are great because um, there's like one near enough every week. Dan, I think that's pretty much everything. Where, yeah. Where can, um, where can people buy, buy tickets? So it's on that big cartel. So if you just go onto Facebook and search the Ritual page, there's event links on there that'll take you straight to the big cartel. Or if not, go to ritualfest.co.uk. Cool. Um, and I'm assuming Twitter and Facebook and everything like that for for yeah, updates. Yeah, well, cool. Well, Dan, thank you very much for for joining me today. Hope everything goes well with the festival and hopefully goes on to bigger and better things. Thank you very much. Cheers for having cool. me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Cheers, man. Take care.
folks another episode done thanks again for dan for taking the time to speak with me uh he's clearly very busy putting all the final touches together for the festival so really appreciate him giving me some of his time uh if you fancy going to the one day festival in leeds uh it's being held on april the 8th uh you can get tickets over at ritualfestival.bigcartel.com uh, all the details prices and so on and so forth uh details of lineup are all on there uh, for all other updates regarding the festival, you can follow them on all the relevant social media platforms. So on Facebook, it's forward slash Ritual Festival UK. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Festival Ritual. Uh, and Instagram, it's Ritual Festival, which is all one word. As always, you can follow this show on Twitter at just underscore and underscore insight using the hashtag JAIPod. Uh, or you can email me at just underscore and underscore insight at hotmail.co.uk. Uh, I'm hopefully looking to set up a YouTube channel for this show as well. Um, I'm not really too familiar how to do it, but I know it kind of opens up other avenues. So it might be when I get a little bit more free time, but just thought I'd give everyone a heads up that you can also listen to the Justin Insight podcast on YouTube soon. Uh, as always, you can also find us on uh, iTunes. So if you could uh, subscribe, rate and review, it obviously boosts our kind of traffic and so on and so forth, gets us more listeners and gets more people's music uh whatever they're doing arts wise uh wrestlers which i'm still trying to work on so hopefully one day we will finally get a wrestler on this show uh but yeah if any support that you guys give to the show is really much appreciated and next week i'm hoping to do our third of the wrestling round tables uh for the wwe pay-per-view fast lane uh but it all kind of depends on timings at the moment because i'm actually going up to cardiff for the weekend to see the Attack Pro Wrestling Chris Travis Tag Team Invitational. Um, so I'll be actually driving back from Cardiff whilst Fastlane's happening. So I might catch the end of the show when I get home and then have to watch the next bit in the morning. Uh, but obviously it depends on when the other guys can record as well. So I'll keep you all up to date with that. Um, but if not, there'll definitely be an episode of some form next week. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you again for joining me on the Justin Insight Podcast. And I will see you soon. <laughs>